No, 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 I didn't forget you. It's taken a little bit of time, but it's here. It's the English Teacher John Show number 56. Welcome, everyone, to the English Teacher John Show, number 56. And yes, it's been a long time. Uh, I think uh, it's been uh, a few weeks <laughs> since uh, the last show. I apologize for that. Um, you know, everyone says it's busy, it's busy, it's busy. Um, yeah, it has been very busy. And... I'm not going to make uh, a big excuse there, but um, our university school year ended uh, beginning of February, and uh, I think you guys know that I teach uh, some, I'm a part-time university teacher here in uh, Matsumoto. I teach at two different universities plus a junior college. Um, I also teach private lessons around town and at my house. Yeah, so I guess the end of the school year um, and the, the lead up to that in January got pretty busy. And um, we also got into a lot of video work. Yeah, we've uh, been, we've set up a little studio at one of the universities and uh, we, we shot a lot of video interviews and things. And I am... Uh, a little bit knowledgeable about video editing. So I was doing a lot of that work and continue to do a lot of that work. We have many, 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 many hours, tens, maybe hundreds of hours still to edit and produce these things. So yes, I don't like to give an excuse about uh, I'm busy, I'm busy. I know many of you are busy. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a busy time and I apologize. I expect to once again return to the uh normal format the more um uh, uh, multi segment format uh in April with the new school year our new school year begins in April and uh that's when I will start again with the new and improved English teacher John shows so please bear with me uh we are not going away. I enjoy making the shows and thank you very much for your your emails and your support. And I know you're wondering where, what happened, but uh, we are fine and the show will continue from sometime in April. But anyway, right now we have a show. Uh, in today's show, you will hear a, a phone call with my friend Charlie. And you can find a lot of information about Charlie on uh, the podcast page. Uh, Charlie is a special guy. He's traveling around Japan by bicycle. He's almost finished. He's been gone about 10 or 11 months. And he 
we'll do about 10,000 kilometers or more in, on this trip. We have interviewed him on the in English Teacher John Show. Uh, you can hear him on previous podcasts and videos also. So uh, this is an interview. He, he has recently gotten into uh, involved in the peace movement. And so I talked to him about this. Okay, well, enjoy it. And um, the second half of the interview will be available as a separate podcast. And finally, uh, please uh, check out our video page. I just put up the video of English Teacher John show number 55. So please check out our video page at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Okay, let's go with our interview with Charlie. A uh, little notice here. Uh, the sound quality is not great for this. Uh, it's a Skype recording, and I am very sorry about that. Well, good evening, Charlie. Hey, John. How you doing? I'm doing fine, and I'm really wondering how you're doing. Uh, we we talked to you um, many months ago um, about your <laughs> great cycling journey around Japan, and uh, how are things going on the road? Pretty good, yeah. I'm uh, I'm doing really well. <laughs> yeah, where are you up. right now? I'm in Nagasaki City in the Nagasaki Prefecture, which is uh, in Kyushu, the southern end of Japan. Okay, so you, uh, my, my, even though I live in Japan, my geography is not so great. You are not on the main island of Honshu, right? You are the next island down south. That's right, called uh, Kyushu. Kyushu Island. And uh, how long have you been on your trip so far, Charlie? I well, I started in April, and now it's January. So that's eight months. Eight months, and uh, how long is the journey going to be total? I think your original plan was a year. Is that uh, is that what you're still thinking of? Yeah, that's still on schedule. I'm going to finish in Nagano, in Nagano Prefecture, in Matsumoto City, uh, in April. Just to hey. round it off to a year. Yeah. And I'm certainly looking forward to seeing April here in Matsumoto. <laughs> That'll be nice. Good timing. Uh, I, know, um, I, I know you've gotten yourself involved. We've chatted a little bit. Um, you've gotten yourself involved in a great cause. Um, just quickly, what, uh, what are you up to um, beyond just riding the bike around and seeing places? Uh, what else are you doing? Yeah, I changed my my the purpose for doing this trip completely. I'm now dedicating the last quarter of my journey from Okinawa to Nagano to promote awareness about Article 9 of the Japanese Constitution. And uh, the reason why I'm doing that is because not enough people know about it. And not enough people are doing stuff about it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so Article 9 of the Japanese Constitution. So uh, uh, gi what, give us a summary of um, what is Article 9 of the Constitution and why, why is it important and why have you chosen to get involved with Article 9 of the Japanese Constitution? Okay, three questions. Okay, the first <laughs> okay sorry about that. 
Article 9 is a, is a constitution, is an article in the constitution that is a no war clause. Basically, Japan cannot take part in war. That's the, that's the end of the, and the story there. There were debates about um, self-defense and what exactly is uh, technically going to war and th those kind of issues. But basically, it's an article that just says that Japan can't go to war. And I thought that was pretty fantastic. Um, the reason why I got involved in this is because I had an idea as to how to promote awareness of Article 9 in Japan during my do, doing my trip at the same time, doing my cycling at the same time. So that's how I kind of got involved in it, is because I had a solution. Um, but the reason why now is kind of an important time to spread awareness about Article 9 is because the current government want to amend Article 9 so that they can take out the no war clause, which will inevitably allow Japan to take part in war if it ever had to uh, outside of its own borders. For example, in Iraq or whichever country you'd think of. Yeah. Now, Japan, and, uh, yeah. I think Japan already has a small contingent in Iraq. Now, how with Article 9 in existence that says they are not allowed to to go to war yeah. why why is why is Japan in Iraq right now yeah that was a that's a difficult question I don't actually know why they're in Iraq uh, partly uh, an answer to that could be um, pressures from America and other peacekeeping uh, armies peacekeeping military actions uh, from other countries are putting pressure on Japan to join in the effort for world peace. Uh, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, I don't know. Uh, whether Japan should help other countries uh, rage war uh, is a good idea or a bad idea, I, I don't know. But uh, I don't like the sound of it. <laughs> I much prefer yeah. there to be no war if there need not be a war. The technicality about the Japanese self-defense uh, force is a, is a, it's just a terminology issue. You can call it an army, or you can call it a self-defense force. I asked Charlie what he does every day. The, the main thing that I do is uh, talking to people one-to-one -one about Article 9. And it's not, a, not an easy issue to talk about. Because you're talking about war, you're talking about politics, you're talking about the history of Japan, uh, and all of these things people don't really think about every day, and probably don't want to think about them every day, <laughs> and might not have an opinion about it, or, or yeah, it, it's not an easy subject. So I came up with a good way to approach people, and uh, that's basically what I do. The, the fabulous way that I approach people is uh, with an origami paper bird. Uh, origami, as you, as you might know, is a Japanese craft. For folding paper, you can make any animal, if you like. My wife is pretty um, good at it. <laughs> is she? That's fantastic. <laughs> and the most common one in Japan is the 
tsuru, which is a, a crane in Japanese. Uh, and it's a symbol of uh, a wish, a wish for your friend to get better, uh, a wish for your uh, for your family to have prosperity, or, or for, for any kind of wish. The main wish that people wish for is for peace. So if you ever go to the memorials in Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Okinawa, that ha- have war as its main uh, uh, war of peace as its main theme, um, you'll find lots of these cranes, paper folded cranes, and you make a thousand of these to show how much you wish for peace. The the origami bird that I give out is slightly different. It's a flapping crane, its actual name, but I've kind of renamed it a little bit. It's now a, a peace stuff, and its name's called Q-chan. <laughs> Q-chan. You know why? Yeah. Do you know why it's called Q-chan? Jo? Um, I should know this, but uh, <laughs> refresh my memory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Q-chan is uh, was named after Article Nine of the Japanese Constitution. Uh, in Japanese, Article Nine is Kenpo Kyujo, Q being number nine. So we're just taking that word and turning it into a, a name, uh, like uh, Kyu-chan. That's how, that's how this uh, origami bird got its name. Yeah. Wow, I like that, Charlie. And so it, Q, Kyu-chan, and, um, and I, I have seen a small, uh, short video on your website, Um Maybe our listeners could take a look at that. What uh, could you just give us your uh, your your URL on that for the uh, Q Chang? www.ex1st.com. Yeah. Okay, so it's it's like uh, I think we, we've had you on the show before, and we've had your website address. It's exist except yeah, the yeah. i is replaced with a one so it's ex1st.com which is very tricky and i like it thank you thank you yeah i dedicated the website to the to the movement also i mean i've got a lot of stuff there uh stuff about other projects that i was involved in but yeah since it's uh, the front page i built an english and japanese uh, website this time and I think it works pretty well please take a look there are a few things on there that you might find interesting there is uh, the how to make Qchan page so you can uh, follow the instructions and hopefully make yourself your own Qchan and if you do that you can then give it to your friend and tell them about article 9 the other stuff that's on there is uh, uh, what you can do to to help preserve Article 9, or what you can do to promote Article 9. And uh, there's also my peace message and uh, a lot of other stuff being added there, like all the newspaper articles that I've been in so far, uh, or just anything really. There's a quiz, there's information about Article 9, there are links for you to follow up. Uh, word to find your uh, local Article 9 association. And there are 5,000 of these across Japan, by the way. 5,000 um, associations that are involved with yeah. Article 9 and promoting yeah. um, 
the maintaining of Article yeah. 9, not the changing yeah. of Article 9. Yeah. Not just, yeah, absolutely, not just promoting. They're, they're, uh, they're not just involved in Article 9. They are about Article 9 exclusively. They're uh, local groups set up by just people who care about it to uh, do whatever they can to promote, uh, to preserve Article 9. So they collect petitions and they try and have speeches and uh, spread awareness in various ways. Yeah. Um, Charlie, so uh, you you are obviously you're talking to Article Nine uh, groups. Uh, how about the general public, people who may? Uh, I think most Japanese know generally about Article Nine. Um, how yeah. does the person on the street, the average person that you talk to, how do they feel about the Article Nine and the possible changes that are coming up? The uh, let's say the the average person of uh, the the average Japanese person accounts for I don't know fifty percent of Japan. The fifty percent of people have a very similar mentality. If you if you if you just to give it a give it a number. And most of those people believe that everyone knows about Article 9 because Article 9 is a fundamental part of the Japanese history. It actually gives Japan its identity as a peaceful country. It's taught at schools at various depths of, uh, of, 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 of knowledge, but it's taught at schools. It's, you know, it's a pretty important thing. So you'd assume that everyone knows. The fact is, not everyone knows. So even uh, uh, young people, old people, uh, people who you'd think would be more educated, they they might not actually know about it. And this was surprising for me at first. So uh, which is what motivated me to do this action, as a matter of fact. So the reactions on the street are, well, some people know about it. Uh, some people want to protect Article 9. Uh, absolutely most people are, are against war. Uh, some people think, you know, Japan should have uh, more power, more uh, ability to, to rage war, and uh, they would rather see Article 9 changed. Those people have, have thought about it, they know about it, and they've made a decision. That's pretty fantastic. Whether it's the right decision or the wrong decision, it's not for me to actually say but uh, uh, I would personally prefer to see Article 9 as it is and not changed. Then there is another group of people who know about Article 9, who are in favor of Article 9, but they have absolutely no concern that it's going to change. They tell me, no, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's not going to change. And that kind of makes me think, well, why am I doing this? Why am I dedicating four months, uh, 3,000 kilometers, uh, a lot of uh, origami folding, <laughs> when there's no need, you know, but when everything's going to be okay? Probably they don't have enough experience. They don't talk to people about it enough to know that there actually are people who want to change Article 9. And if you know that there are people who want to change Article 9, then you start to think, geez, it might change. 
especially if I don't do anything about it. And this is the this is the most important part of the movement. It isn't just saying, hey, you know, Article 9 is pretty important. What are your thoughts about it? Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd rather not see it changed. That's a great thought. But if you just leave it at that, it's not going to make any difference what you think or feel. Because if you don't act now, it'll change. For sure. So that's why people are doing things. That's why there's a movement collecting petitions. That's why there are 5,000 uh, associations across Japan trying, at various degrees of, of trying, to preserve this wonderful world treasure that's all about peace. Yeah. Um, so what can you do? <laughs> yeah, you, what can you do to uh, protect Article 9? <laughs> Right. It's, it's always about action, right? Getting people motivated yeah. to to do things. I've done some uh, work with environmental causes, and it's 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 a awareness and b action. Okay, now yeah. and you try to do both, right? You try to get people in, yeah. uh, good information, and then you try to get them to to, to get involved and do something. Mm -hmm. There, are, yeah, there are there are three. You said a and b. I kind of I kind of got A, B, and C in in my notes so far. A is actually you learning about it mm. and becoming aware of a problem. I mean, if, if you're not aware of a problem, there's not much you can do about it. You probably don't even think about it. But as soon as your eyes are opened once and you realise what the world's really about, it's kind of hard to ignore it, and you kind of want to find out if if that's true or not. So first, really know your stuff, find out who can tell you more about it, and get to know people. Then uh, B would be become involved, become a member of an association. Identify yourself as someone who cares about Article 9. Just to put a poster on your window, put a sticker on your car, or wear a pin with a number 9 on it is, is a movement in, in that direction. So that's A and B. And C, it's pretty easy to do. Something that anybody can do. You can tell someone else about Article 9. You can give someone else a pin to say, hey, this is Article 9. You can fold origami like Q-chan and give it to your family and friends and neighbors, the, the baker across the road, the shop next to that. All the people that you meet day to day might know about this, might not know about this, which is why sharing this information is the action that will really kick it all off. Then after that, there's loads more you can do, trust me. There is so much more you can do. <laughs> well, Charlie, let me let me ask you, um, you are a foreigner in Japan. You're, you're a resident of Japan. You've been, I, I forget, how, how long have you been in Japan? Mm. Uh, two years in August, so now that's going on for Two years and four months. And do you get uh, what kind? Do people come up to you and say? I would imagine they say, "Well, Charlie, you're you're a foreigner, and why are you so interested in in this kind of affair that um, is maybe a Japanese? Uh, it's we Japanese should yeah. be involved. Why why are you Charlie a foreigner here in Japan? Why are you interested in this? Yeah, it, it's it's I get that. Uh, I don't get that a lot, but uh, I think a lot of people want to know uh, 
or surprised by the fact that I'm a foreigner doing something that Japanese people aren't doing and they know they should be doing. Uh, whether they can or they can't, it's a different issue. But um, My answer to that is always the same. You could ask someone in Japan, hey, why are you protecting Article 9? Why are you doing this peace movement? Well, the answer is pretty much the same as mine. I'm interested in peace. And that's kind of not just a, a Japan issue, it's a world issue. And you mentioned that some uh, you've been in the newspaper, you've been on TV, uh, you've you've um, brought up the awareness level, and I I would imagine just that alone, just the the stories. Do, do you think that's helping a lot? Is that a, is that a part of it too to get publicity in the newspapers and uh, and mm. television? Do you think that helps? Yeah, definitely. Uh, any kind of any any kind of uh, mass media reaches a lot of people, and uh, I don't know what what kind of effect it has yet. I'm still hearing the responses from people that have seen it and understanding, you know, how much it actually has an effect. But we'll, we've yet to find out. Uh, being English, uh, be, being foreign in Japan, uh, riding a bicycle around Japan, uh, holding origami that no one's seen by the looks of it. People are quite impressed with the, with the fact that it flaps. Uh, and doing a peace movement, put all of that together, and it's got enough hook to get into the newspapers. Mm. It's got enough hook to be on TV. And uh, the reason, that the most uh, interesting reason about it, hey, look, there's a foreigner doing an Article 9 uh, awareness movement. Wow, it's, it makes people feel ashamed because they're not really, although they have feelings for, for Article 9, they're not really contributing as much as they actually could. And uh, this thing about, you know, wanting to do ability, you know, uh, doing your bit, it's kind of a pretty simple issue. Uh, people limit themselves, limit themselves uh, a lot just because they don't know whether they can do something or not. I'm pretty sure if you go out on the street and you give someone a paper bird, you're not going to have any major comeback. You're not going to suffer a heart attack or, you know, it's not an impossible thing. And of course, the first time you do it, it isn't going to be perfect. You aren't going to be very good at it. But by the time you've done 10, you know what you have to say. By the time you've done a hundred, you're pretty good at it. By the time you've done it a thousand times, you can talk to anyone, regardless of where they come from, what their opinion is, what age they are. You can. Uh, Charlie, I think we lost you there. Sorry about that. The Skype dropped out. Um, about uh, we were talking about uh, the publicity and. And you you mentioned that uh, anyone can do this and. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. You said they, um, uh, after you do it enough times, you you, you uh, you're really comfortable with talking to people about Article Nine and the peace movement. Okay, uh, say uh, if you if you go to the streets and you uh, have one of these Q and you give it to someone, 
you're not, not going to be very good at it the first time. It's not going to come out the way you, you expect it to. Um, but after you do it ten times, you'll find out what's the best way to say things. After you've done it a hundred times, you'll be pretty good at talking to people about Article 9. Then after you've done it a thousand times, you'll know exactly how to cater your speech for any kind of, uh, any kind of audience whether it's somebody uh, young, someone who knows about Article 9, someone who doesn't know about Article 9, someone with war experience. <laughs> yeah, you'll be pretty good at it after a thousand times. And where do you so think you are, Charlie? Like, uh, how, how many times have you, uh, have you done it? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a tough one here. Uh, these origami birds, I kind of keep a, a, a rough track of how many I hold. Just because you, when you buy paper, I can buy a pack of 100 or a pack of 300. Or I recently received a pack of 500, uh, you know, 500 sheets of paper. That's going to take me ages. But uh, <laughs> up to now, maybe 2,200, roughly. Wow, good for 2, you, Charlie. 200, yeah. yeah <laughs> and uh, if you've ever, if you've ever folded a thousand cranes you'll know exactly how long it takes. <laughs> it takes months. I promise you that. It takes months. And uh, um, on this theme, yeah, I, I came up with an idea for a poster. Uh, the poster is a picture of a thousand cranes, and uh, they're, they're set on fire. And, you know, paper burns very quickly. Mm. So... Taking this photograph wasn't wasn't as easy as I expected. So the, the the symbolism of that, the meaning of that is that to make peace, to actually you know uh, change the constitution, to change public opinion, to move towards peace, takes an incredibly uh, long time. Or some terrible events such as uh, the nuclear bombs. In World War II. Um, so making peace is a very, very, very difficult process, and it takes time, such as it takes time to fold a thousand cranes. But if you want to destroy peace, it's a very quick process, mm. such as burning paper. It only takes a minute before you've burnt a thousand cranes. Yeah, it's a good that's analogy. The symbolism of yeah, that's a good analogy, Charlie. Um, uh, the the poster's online, by the way. <laughs> and uh, if you are a member of an Article 9 association in Japan, you are free to use it to promote Article 9. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, Charlie, are you finding any difference in opinions or com comments to you from uh, young people versus middle-aged people versus older people, even perhaps people that have first-hand experience with the war 50, mm. 60 years ago uh, versus yeah. for young, say, 18, 20-year-old, 22-year-olds? Yeah. Year yeah. yeah. Uh, if you ever speak to someone who has experience of war, they speak with great passion uh, about how terrible war is uh, in Japan. There are still people who 
had seen war with their own eyes. Uh, two days ago, I spoke with someone who is a, a Nagasaki nuclear bomb survivor. Mm. She, she survived uh, that terrible uh, attack. And uh, her name is uh, Sakure Shimohiga. And she's about 70, 80 now. Uh, she still suffers from various illnesses related uh, uh, that, that were derived from the radiation. Uh, and she does talks around the world about her experiences. Uh, she can't do it as much as she'd like to because of her illnesses, and as a matter of fact. Mm. Um, but anyway, I had a, a chance to talk to her. And anyone who's seen war, whether, whether they are doing this kind of movement or not, they go against the war. The thing is, there aren't many people left who have this war experience. Uh, it's about 60 years ago, so you must have been pretty young at the time, and you're getting on a bit now, and there are many people who well, aren't here anymore who saw the war. Uh, so that's the main difference of, of age. Whether you've got experience of war or whether you have And if you haven't got experience of war, which most people don't in Japan, or think they don't, uh, they don't understand peace for what it really means. They don't know the importance of Article 9 because of that. Uh, when I say they think they don't have war experiences, because as a matter of fact, I don't think now is actually a time of peace, mm. uh, either globally or for Japan. Um, I'll get back to that in a second. The, uh, the rest of the other generations you can expect young people to know about it and not know about it. You can expect people in their 30s to know about it or not know about it. Or any age, you can expect people to know about it and not know about it. It doesn't matter what age group you, you mm. ask. Uh, it's a case of whether you just see your own... Uh, if you just live in your own bubble, if you're not aware of, of the world uh, uh, around you, of uh, important... Uh, whether they're important or not, that's, that's, that's a matter of, of opinion, really, but of issues that are very pressing now concerning world peace. I think that's pretty important. Yeah, I think it's, so, a, uh, mm, I think it's yeah. something very important. Uh, have you had any uh, negative experiences, any heated comments, people who were angry or really disagree with you or, or were very pro uh, in favor of changing Article 9? did you Have you had any of that? I, uh, I, I often feel like a, a leaf in the wind. Uh, it's a bit of an analogy here. Uh, I feel like a, a leaf in the wind being blown around by people's energy. I, I go to this village, I go to this meeting, I do this action, I go to this person. It, it's great when the enthusiasm of people who want to support me blow me uh, in any direction. And I can only just let myself go and go with the flow. And the same thing happens if the wind blows in the opposite direction. If people feel strong about changing Article 9 and going to war, for whatever fears they might have, I can just accept that too. My movement, uh, or should I say Q-Chan's movement, uh, 
isn't about protecting Article 9. Um, the protecting Article 9 is not only just a decision an individual should make, but also uh, they should action should follow that decision. So I'm not here just to, you know, protect Article 9 or to tell people to protect Article 9. I'm more about spreading awareness about it. I'm trying to reach the people who don't know about Article 9 because I think they have, uh, I think their voice certainly counts for a lot. Yeah. Those people who don't know, uh, they're a great majority of people who who don't, I don't know, speak out enough or don't know about it enough. That's what I'm trying to do. So yeah, I get people who who might have strong opinions about it. And I listen and, yeah, uh, I kind of accept what they say and just leave it at that. I don't want to change anyone's mind. I think just by doing what I'm doing is the, is the best I can. Well, Charlie, you're certainly uh, you're certainly an inspiration. I think you're doing great work, and I'm hoping that uh, through this uh, sh- tonight's show, um, we're able to spread the word out there. Maybe there are other outside of Japan, um, of course, within Japan. Hopefully, people will hear it and think about it, and also in other countries. There's conflict in mm. lots of different places, and uh, hopefully, uh, I-, I think you're really not only the work that you're doing um, with Article 9, but just um, getting involved and showing people, hey, you can change something, especially something so so important as war or the avoidance of war. Just, just on that note, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks very much for the for the uh, you know encouragement and the kind words. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I just want to tone it down a bit. To, to say that what I'm doing isn't as uh, as important as what other people are doing. Uh, the people who uh, uh, just I want to mention uh, another movement, if you like, which is I think far more important than what I'm actually doing uh, in Japan. Uh, the most southern islands of Japan, the most southern prefecture of Japan, is called Okinawa, and uh, in this uh, in this island. There are uh, several bases, American military bases. I think around 15 in total, and it's a pretty small island. Uh, 20% of the land is used for this military base, uh, a base uh, which the Japan government still pays for every year a lot of money for this uh, mutual protection agreement that was signed briefly after the war ended. Um, and the, the problem here is that not many people in the island want the bases. And they certainly don't want the bases to expand. And this is what's happening at the moment. Uh, and there are people out there in Okinawa who aren't just about protesting, who aren't just about action, who aren't just about spreading awareness, or collecting petitions. These people are the people who actually swim out into the ocean in a wetsuit and stop a boat which is uh, going to build the mm-hmm. base. 
these some are the real, people who some go, real direct action. Yeah, they go out in a kayak or in a boat. They get their license for diving. They get their boat license in order, and they go into the sea where they want to build a one kilometer by two kilometer block of land over uh, coral and nature and fishing ground, which belongs to Okinawa. And they just uh, they go out there and they stop the construction. They prevent the construction. And their mission is quite simple. They, uh, the group is called Inochi wo Mamoru Kai, which means the Association for the Protection of Life. Life, whether it's the, uh, the dugon animals that are, live in the area, or the nature of the coral, or the, uh, the life which is lost whenever war is raised. So these are the people who I, who I really, really admire, and who I think are actually doing something about it. It humbles me. Yeah, I've certainly got a lot to learn. <laughs> Yeah, and it's yeah. It, yeah. Thanks, thanks for bringing the others into it. I, you are just a part of the the picture, and uh, you and everyone. Um, congratulations! Yeah, really. Um, we we wish you the best. It's been it's been great to hear about what you're doing, and uh, I think it's wonderful. You and all the others that are working for um, peace and promotion awareness mm. about Article Nine and the threats to Article Nine. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, Charlie, uh, thank you very much for joining us. Okay. Just to uh, recapit recapitulate, should I say, uh, please check out my website, www.ex1st.com, and uh, read all about Henoko Okinawa. H-E-N-O-K-O. Henoko Okinawa. You'll find uh, links on the website. In due time, I think they're up there. <laughs> Okay, much obliged, John. Thanks for your thanks for your time. And thanks for your energy. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to so many people. Learn oh. English. <laughs> okay, Charlie. Yeah, thank you very much. Charlie Ward is on a one-year tour of Japan on his bicycle, and for the last four months, he's been working in the uh, with the peace movement and uh, promoting awareness of uh, Article Nine of the Japanese Constitution. And um, the the threats yeah. the, to people that want to change it. Um, I hope you've learned something. <laughs> I've learned a lot. Uh, Charlie's website once again is ex1st.com. So go and check out his uh, the work that he's doing and photos and um, get involved. It's an important issue. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, John. Much obliged. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, I did this in one. Uh, it's just one podcast. I said uh, two, but uh, the whole interview that is there in one podcast. I apologize for the sound quality. Um, also, please check out Charlie's website, ex1st.com, and you can click on One Man Japan and see his photos and more information. Hey, everyone. Um, thanks for listening. Tomoko and I are off to Africa. We are taking some time. And so the show will be back uh, in April, uh, back to our normal English teacher John schedule and format. So uh, look.
Look for that in April. Check out our videos and we have some transcripts and other things and our blog. Our email address is podcast at englishteacherjohn.com. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for sticking in there with me, even though I've been a bit late with the podcast. I'm, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be back in April. Thank you, everyone. Have a great March. Bye-bye.